Hi, my name is Ben Armstrong. Hi, this is David Koch. My name is Thomas Maurer. Hi, I'm Donna Sarkari. Hi, my name is Lana Montgomery. Hi, I'm Seth Juarez. Hi, I'm Aaron Thomas. I'm Jess Dodson. Hi, I'm Rocky Heckman. Hi, I'm Sonia Cuff. Hi, I'm Troy Hunt. Hello, this is Wally Mead. My name is Reed Purvis. Hi, I'm Lars Kling. Hi, my name is Alan Birchall. Hi, I'm Adam Fowler. Hi, I'm Scott Guthrie, and you're listening to the Need to Know Podcast. All the latest Microsoft Cloud news, as well as industry guest deep dive conversations. It's a Need to Know Podcast. All thanks to the CIA Ops patron community. The Need to Know Podcast. Catch us on Twitter and Facebook, N2K Podcast, and online at ciaops.podbean.com. Welcome along to the Need to Know Podcast. It is 2024, and this is episode 312. My name is Robert Crane. And I'm happy that you've joined me for this update of the Microsoft Cloud. Now, you can reach out to me on X at DirectorCIA. You can also just send me an email, direct at CIAOps.com. I do have a YouTube channel as well. You'll find that at at DirectorCIA. And if you are interested in getting news on a daily basis, you are more than welcome to join my Shared Teams channel. I'll put the link and the details in the show notes so you can... uh, configure your environment let me know and then you're more than welcome to join that you will need obviously teams at your end but gives you an experience of what a shared teams channel is like and also gives you news and updates uh, around the microsoft cloud now don't forget the merch store is also around if you do want to have a t-shirt to make a statement at the next conference and all of these sort of material resources that are provided free are done so with the support of the CIA Ops patron community at ciaopspatron.com where you'll get daily updates, scripts, automations, configurations, best practices, training for the Microsoft Cloud. And I really encourage you to support me and to join up to that and get a whole bunch of really relevant information if you are working with the Microsoft Cloud. So a couple of quick announcements from me. Happy New Year to everybody. Welcome to 2024. Let's see what this year uh, brings. Microsoft, again, is relatively quiet over there in Redmond, but things are beginning to spin up and improve. Um, I suppose the big thing I'm looking for that I've seen with my reviews of the Ignite videos is uh, the Intune uh, suite that's going to provide third-party uh, patch management and also Security Copilot. So they're the two big things I'm really looking forward to, especially Security Copilot, which you should hear about later uh, in the year. If you aren't aware, I do a regular update on my blog called the CI Apps Brief, so you can go in and have a look at that update that put a link a list of links so all the links today will appear there as well as in the show notes now another announcement from me is that i have created another blog at blog.ciaopslabs.com the idea with this is to spin off all the other little projects that i do around 3d printing iot um, evaluation of gadgets and monitors and all that sort of stuff to keep the original blog uh, as pure and focused on the Microsoft Cloud as possible. So if you are interested in those sort of side projects, encourage you to go over and start following uh, ciaapslabs.com. You'll find that on Twitter. Also on YouTube, no videos there yet, but the plan is to do some content there, especially around 3D printing and you know creation uh, and design of you know little bits and pieces there. So if you are interested, go and uh, have a look at that, ciaopslabs.com. Now, getting into the news, now some couple of interesting items here. Quick one here to start off with is that 
one of the big things that I use regularly is KQL to do queries across data, you know, in things like Sentinel and Defender for Endpoint. And Microsoft has now added us the capability to rerun queries in history. So every time you run a query now, a KQL query, especially in Sentinel, it's going to uh, keep that in its history and allow it to roll back. So, you know, many times you've run a query and then gone a few more down uh, the track and then go, oops, hang on, what was that original query? I want to go back and rerun that. And you would have to dig up and find that. But it'll now be in your uh, query history uh, if you do want to you know, go back and have a look. Another interesting one I found here is the Microsoft Data Center Tour, the virtual experience. So if you are keen on uh, getting a virtual tour of the Microsoft Data Center, so if you are a bit of an infrastructure wonk and you want to go in and have a look of a virtual tour of a Microsoft Data Center, then you can sign up at this link uh, to do that. Not exactly sure when the time is and whether it's uh, Australia friendly. Probably not, but go and have a look if you are interested in signing up to a uh, virtual data uh, data. Uh, store a data center tour so I thought this was a very interesting article here about the recent uh, roadmap pip stop from SharePoint so in here it's obviously a, a podcast episode you can listen to but there's a couple of really interesting points to call out the first one is the Microsoft SharePoint e-signature so this is going to be an integrated e-signature capability inside SharePoint now this is part of SharePoint Syntax, SharePoint Premium, whatever they're calling it these days, uh, that will allow you to have the ability to e-sign you know, uh, documents. Now that is native to Microsoft. If you are using Adobe or DocuSign or something else, uh, those will still be available to you as well. But this is a native one from Microsoft. Now, the most interesting point around this is the fact that it's going to be able to be used via a pay-as-you-go method by attaching it to an Azure subscription. All right, so what that means is that you can tie an Azure subscription to your Microsoft 365 environment for things like the Power Platform. I've uh, got a blog post on that uh, if you're interested. And now we can do the same thing with Syntax. Now, Syntax is, Syntax is going to allow us to have these on-demand. So if you need an e-signature once a month, you don't have to pay a flat monthly fee of a couple of hundred dollars or whatever it is just to have this capability. You can just use it on-demand and pay for it when you use it. Now, if you go in and have a look at all the capabilities that Syntex is providing, you'll find in there things like uh, Microsoft Backup, you'll find Microsoft Archive, the e-signatures, and a range of other things. Now, the first step in this process is to connect your uh, Microsoft 365 Syntex environment to an Azure subscription. So you'll need an Azure subscription and then you just tie it into that. Now I've written a blog post on that to show you the steps that are required for that. My only little trick there is to make sure that you probably create a dedicated resource group so it makes it easier to uh, see and manage the costs of this pay-as-you-go mechanism. But once you set this up and you do, if you do have e-signature available uh, in your syntax options, then you'll be able to select that and start using that. So I haven't seen that in my tenancies yet, but I have just gone in and set up the connection to the pay-as-you-go option there. So I encourage you to do that if you want some of these features like backup, uh, archive, and uh, e-signature and so on via pay-as-you-go, which I think is a really good option for uh, SMB. Now also in this blog post is the ability to add a survey or a poll directly into stream. Really, really handy. Need to sit down and have a look uh, at more of that. We've got text callouts in stream. Uh, we've got some Viva Engage stuff, APIs. Uh, we've also got a bit of a summary here of all the stuff that has been uh, shift 
shipped by the uh, SharePoint team. The OneDrive app is, so if you looked at OneDrive recently in the web, you'll see it has changed. It has a new, fresh, uh, modern feel that is now coming or is now available in Microsoft Teams as well. So go in and have a look at this. The other one I think which is really big here is the ability in OneDrive to open in an app. So one of the challenges has been the fact that if you want to open a document which isn't a Microsoft document, let's say a PDF or a CAD file or something, you would typically have to download it first or have it synced to your device to open it. Now, what we can do here, uh, OneDrive allows you to open in an app directly from uh, the web interface. So you can right mouse click on a file and when you select open, there is an option there to open in the app. So what that means is that if the app that that data or that file needs is on your machine, it will open automatically in that app. It will recognize that and use it directly and save directly back to uh, the OneDrive location as well. So that's a super handy feature which we have been waiting a little while for so I do have that in my tenants so go in have a look at that right mouse click on a file which is not a Microsoft file select the open option and go in and have a look at uh, open in app that should make life a lot easier for those people working in uh, third-party apps now the Microsoft 365 backup is also going into public preview Again, this is going to be something that's available through Syntex, so that's why we talked about going and setting it up. So if you want to have a play with it, use it while it's in uh, preview. All right, so it says here the Microsoft 365 backup service is available on a pay-as-you-go basis uh, and can be enabled via the Microsoft 365 Admin Center. All right, so at this stage, we can back up SharePoint, OneDrive, and Exchange Online all the mailboxes accounts and so on uh, will be done for you so i'm certainly going to enable this when it becomes available on my tenant but again because as pay as you go you'll need to have syntax uh, set up which is what i talked about before have a look at the blog post so a couple of other items in there which are worth having a look at microsoft is also spending uh, more focus i think on loop uh, so loop is transitioning to cloud.microsoft domain so it's going to be loop.cloud.microsoft um, so maybe Microsoft is going to look at changing all its um, domains again, but uh, by the look of it, it also looks as though loop.microsoft.com will uh, work as well. So it's interesting, Microsoft putting more focus on loop. Um, I've started to have a think about whether, you know, should I be using it? Should I be using it more with uh, more than one note, which I use, you know, basically religiously? Very interesting. Um, I've had a look at a couple of others, Obsidian, um, Notion, a few others. They very much like Loop, unsurprisingly. Uh, and again, where does that fit in productivity? So I'll give you any update as we move along. Now, another, I suppose, sad note for me anyway is the retirement of the Delve uh, app. That's going to be happening in December 2024. Now, Delve was a way to bring together interaction was typically based on the Microsoft graph to show you interactions with the file. Many people don't even know it's there. So if you go into your Office 365 environment, you hit the nine dots in the top left-hand corner. One of the apps you'll find in there is called Delve. Um, it was really handy. It was basically, I suppose, like a search engine for your Microsoft 365 environment. Now, Microsoft has basically integrated many and more of the features that were in Delve into everything else, so not so much need anymore. And don't forget, if you've got an Azure AD join machine, that you can search directly from your uh, Windows button on your Windows device. So hit the Windows button, type in something, and it will not only search your local machine, it will also search through your Microsoft 360 environment, environment that is connected uh, because of 
the fact that you've done an Azure AD or an Enter AD join. So again, uh, some really handy features there, but it is sad to see Delve go, but you know, in the grand scheme of things, the integration, the features it brought to the fore have been spread throughout uh, basically everything else. So this post also talks about a number of additional updates. I'll leave you to uh, go in and have a look at that roadmap uh, pit stop blog, but certainly recommend that you do. And if you are into e-signatures, uh, get ready for those. There's going to be some enhanced uh, capabilities in uh, Teams rooms as well. I've got a video there for you to have a look at. Uh, we've also got, so interestingly, Microsoft is now touting uh, what it's called as uh, AI powered Windows PCs with a co-pilot key. So many people probably may not even be aware that there is a Windows key. So typically down near the uh, space bar, there's a key on either side, which is designated as a Windows key. So you hit that, it's like hitting the start button. Uh, Microsoft now are talking about a AI key. Um, which will be like a Windows key here, so or a Copilot key, I suppose, if you want to call it that. So it looks to me, and what I've heard is the fact that you know the next generation of Microsoft PC surfaces and so on, which we do expect probably later in the year, um, will basically have a dedicated Copilot key. What that does, what that integrates, I would assume that if you've done an Azure AD join and you have Microsoft. 365 Copilot will integrate with that. We'll have to wait and see, but there is uh, an announcement there. My feeling also is is that these new PCs with the special Copilot key will also include a neural processing unit. So they'll have a dedicated uh, processor for artificial intelligence, uh, algorithms and so on. Uh, the models that AI uses, that means they can be brought down to the local machine run to take the load off doing it on the cloud and make it much better performance for users on their desktop. So watch out for those. Um, another boost maybe for hardware. Be interesting to see how well these are sort of taken up. Uh, again, as I mentioned in the last episode uh, of the podcast, I'm a bit skeptical, becoming a little bit more skeptical around the real values of AI to the average muggle user out there, day-to-day -day user. Um, this is based off my thinking around, well, they don't really use Excel. Why would they use AI? I think that the AI stuff will work best when it's integrated behind the scenes. We don't know it's happening. It's taking care of things automatically. So perhaps a bit like good old Clippy back in the day where it just you know uh, intervenes uh, when needed to get a response or it just does what it needs to in the background. We'll wait and see. So having a dedicated button, having a dedicated way to prompt and initiate this makes sense initially, but in the long run for most users, I don't think we're really going to see the benefits until it's fully integrated and they don't even realize uh, that it is there. So as mentioned, um, Microsoft's got a bigger focus now on Loop. Now, the idea here is that um, we've got an article here around from the insider team talking about the improvements and the projects and the ability to you know go in and create you know Loop and integrate it with Teams and planning and, and all that sort of stuff. So uh, always a bit skeptical because I am a big OneNote user, love that, use that, that really works for me. One of the big limitations I've found with Loop at this point in time is it's not easy to share that uh, from my production tenant to you know external users, people aren't part of my tenant. So until I can sort of do that, it doesn't hold a huge amount of appeal to me. Um, I need to have a look at it, play more with it, use it. But the question is, what do I use it for above and beyond OneNote? I don't want to keep adding stuff that doesn't make sense and 
uh, potentially you know uh, make the productivity a bit worse I need to do have a need to have a look at it have got it on my mobile device to go and have a play with but you know is OneNote a better option for me we'll, we'll wait and see but again the big limitation is it's not available to uh, external users from my production tenant yet which makes it a bit of a limitation now the good news is for Copilot enthusiasts on mobile devices Microsoft now has a dedicated mobile app called Copilot for iOS and Android. Now the big advantage of these dedicated mobile apps versus what you may be using in a browser is that these uh, mobile apps will use GPT-4 and DALI-3. So some of the stuff you'll see out there with Bing Chat Enterprise and so on are still using GPT-3 or uh, using older models. These new apps from Microsoft iOS and Android called Copilot will use the latest uh, model, so GPT-4 and DALI-3. So I've installed that, had a bit of a play with it, seems to work well. Again, free, no cost to use that. Um, it's obviously going to take a bit longer if you want to get responses from GPT-4, so this does take some computing on the back end, but uh, having it on a mobile app I think is a very uh, interesting thing. We probably will see you know, the latest models, GPT-4, DALI-3, be integrated into Edge and Bing Chat Enterprise and so on. Uh, so watch out for those. But now, if you want, there's a dedicated app you can go in and uh, have a play with. Now, on the security side, Microsoft has got a, another interesting article here, which is worth uh, having a look at, called Financially Motivated Threat Actors Misusing App Installer. Uh, as with all Microsoft stuff here, generally on... You know, these sort of reports, it is quite extensive, lots of screenshots, lots of information uh, about you know how it works, what is done, and what steps you can do to go and uh, protect yourself. I also like the bits down the bottom under the appendix that talk about, you know, uh, that give you, for example, you know, the threat intelligence reports. It shows you what hunting queries to run in Defender XDR, um, the indicators of compromise, the URLs it uses. So there's lots of good resources uh, in there if you do need to go in and keep an eye on that. So uh, again, that uh, article I'll put in the show notes along with everything else. So you can go in, have a look at that, and uh, again, keep up to date with everything on security. Now, I also found a uh, you know, basic video here on the overview of multi-factor authentication. So I'll put that in the show notes so that you can uh, basically go in and uh, have a look at that and maybe share that with other people inside uh, your organization. So as I mentioned, uh, everything from Microsoft now is beginning to ramp up. We're getting into the new year. Uh, they're getting ready, obviously, for the new releases. AI, AI is still going to be the, the big drive, I think, in 2024. So we'll have to keep an eye out for that. Hopefully, we'll see, like I said, more improvements around the Intune suite. Keep your eyes for that. Um, from what I saw at Ignite, they're talking February sort of time frame for that. So we aren't far away from seeing those sort of releases, third-party patching uh, and so on. We've had good discussions in the patron community around some of the challenges with uh, Defender for iOS. We're still trying to work out some of the specifics, some of the settings, some of the more advanced options there. So if you are interested in being involved with those sort of discussions and learning on a daily basis, I highly recommend you consider signing up uh, at 
ciaopspatron.com. Uh, lots of really good information uh, available in there. So as always, as mentioned, you can send me feedback. You can do that via email, director at ciaops.com, on x at director cia. And let me know, you know, if you found anything interesting or you would like maybe for me to dig into a bit of a topic there and share some information uh, around that. But with that, I'll keep this episode short and sweet. Uh, wish you all the best for a new year, 2024. Look out for more episodes from me coming uh, with the Need to Know podcast. You have been listening to the Need to Know podcast from CIA Ops. For training on using technologies like SharePoint Online or Microsoft 365, visit www.ciaopsacademy.com. By purchasing from the selections available, you'll be directly supporting this podcast. To provide feedback on this episode, visit www.ciaops.com contact.